Get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. Get ready, get ready for a tea time and filter with your girl loving tea. Spilling all this hot tea on these podcast streets. So get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. One tea time and filter with your girl loving tea. Hey, tea sippers. Happy Monday. I hope you guys are doing good today. And I hope everybody had a happy Easter weekend. So there's a lot of things going on right now globally that I want to go ahead and hit on. And I have Lady J in the house with me today. Lady J, say what's up to the people. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? Hope all is well. Yes, it is a lot going on. So what I want to do first is start with these video clips that we were watching concerning the lockdown. If you guys do not know, um, in Shanghai, China, they have been locked down now going on three weeks. And when I say lockdown, I mean completely locked down. They're being told they can't open their windows. They're not allowed to sing. Child, it is a mess. So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys these video clips, and I want you guys to check this out. And then me and Lady J will come and talk and, you know, give our commentary on the situation. The COVID crisis and that mass lockdown in Shanghai, confining more than 25 million people to their homes and separating children who test positive for COVID from their parents. Will Reeve has the latest. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Michael. It has long been part of China's stringent COVID policy to separate children who test positive from their parents who test negative. And now unverified video out of Shanghai purports to show that separation in action, sparking anger among residents of China's largest city, which is now under lockdown. This morning, more than 25 million people are in lockdown in Shanghai. China's largest city, with over 94,000 cases recorded since the beginning of March. Officials calling the outbreak extremely grim, blaming it on the highly transmissible Omicron variant. China defending its hardline zero COVID strategy, which includes separating children who test positive from their parents if their parents test negative. Authorities claiming the policy is vital to prevention and control work. These images, which ABC News was unable to verify, purportedly showing toddlers with COVID away from their parents in cribs at Shanghai Public Health Clinical Center. Outrage erupting as they circulated on social media. But the center addressing the images, saying in a statement that the children are well cared for and had been in the process of being moved to a new building when the footage was taken. Meanwhile, the Chinese government sending more than 38,000 healthcare workers to Shanghai to fight the outbreak. Tens of thousands of people reportedly under observation citywide. Chinese officials this week have extended that lockdown in Shanghai, the third largest city in the world, indefinitely. And reports out of China today say that some parents who test negative can apply to be with their children who test positive. But there are no guarantees. COVID lockdown, Shanghai style. 26 million people, by some measures the biggest city in the world, confined to their homes. But breaking through the silence, drone instructions. There have been desperate complaints of shortages of food, water and medicines. Overburdened delivery networks and growing protests. 
Public services are in chaos. One sick American, rather than being allowed to go home to isolate, was instructed to bed down on the ground outside a full hospital. Look, I've been sleeping on the ground. Man, our lockdowns are, are just a little different, you know? When they say that you're locked down, there's, there's no going outside, there's no opening your doors. It's, you know, you just kind of do as you're told. It's not just Shanghai. Across China, some 23 cities and 200 million people are under full or partial lockdown. And that's all having a severe impact on the massive Chinese economy. The Wuhan lockdown at the start of the pandemic in 2020 led to a historic collapse in economic activity in China. Amid the Shanghai lockdown, indicators are plunging again. But despite the draconian Shanghai lockdown, which began on the 28th of March, new COVID cases are continuing to rise, reflecting the awesome transmissibility of the Omicron variant. Shanghai authorities have threatened to punish people who breach the city's COVID-19 lockdown rules. Police in the financial hub have warned residents not to spread false information or to forge road passes in order to go out for their daily supplies. Now, nearly 26 million people are under lockdown. Shanghai police have banned cars from the roads and only those involved in epidemic prevention work or transporting people in need of emergency medical treatment are allowed to be out and about. Residents have been battling to secure food delivery slots. Reports say many are being forced to pay exorbitant prices for necessities. Officials say that they've issued 38,000 warnings to supermarkets and shops about price gouging. Shanghai reported more than 25,000 new asymptomatic cases today and nearly 1,200 symptomatic infections. Both mark a jump from yesterday. Another round of mass testing has been ordered in high-risk lockdown zones. And at the same time, health officials have warned that the situation in Shanghai is not under control, even as some restrictions are being eased. So, Lady J, being that you lived in China before, um, what is causing this entire lockdown situation? Why does it seem like China is going backwards and they're even being more strict now than even in 2020? Because Shanghai is a major city. This is like one of the third most populous cities in the world. And for everything to be shut down is really unprecedented. I'm going to be honest. I live there. Um, and I was there and realized early on that, man, we thought like, no, they're not going to shut completely down because it's a financial hub. And that's kind of like the mentality that a lot of us had who lived there and had worked there. Now, I'm going to say just from the jump, you know, whoever made it past 2020, I have to really say God bless them. There's a lot of people who are still there, but there are a lot of people who are leaving. And there's a combination of a lot of things that are going on. Because at the time in 2020, when the lockdowns for everybody were kind of just coming into place, so we're talking spring 2020, the Chinese government had already made a decision to start kind of beginning this concept of the circular economy. And in short, what it is, is basically kind of like, okay, keep your money and let it circulate in the community a little bit longer so everybody can kind of, you know, do the thing. 
And because China, by definition, has always been a country that was isolationist, like they just kept everybody out. That's what China does. Just look at their history. That's what they do. Um, the pandemic allowed them to be able to do what they're doing now. And zero COVID, nobody really understands how that's really possible if we understand biology. So there's a lot of complex things going on here. And I know I'm kind of reaching in so many areas, but that's just how the dynamics of the situation is playing out. It's all over the place. It's like a bouncy ball. It's crazy. And I, I really feel bad for people. So what was kind of creepy in one of the videos, the drone was literally, because that video went viral, I believe, on, we on Weibo. They yeah. took it down, and then, but it was ready on Twitter. So you see all these people in these high rises, and it's late at night, and they're just screaming. And the mm-hmm. reason why a lot of people are screaming is that they've literally been locked down for two weeks. People are running out of food, and mm-hmm. they can't just go. Like, you know, at least here in America, we could still go grocery shopping. You know, even if we had a curfew, we could still, you know, at least sit in your front yard and all that stuff. They are not to leave their apartments, their homes, or anything. Mm-hmm. So all these people were up late at night screaming. And what just creeped me out was when the drone says, basically control your soul's desire for freedom. To me, that was very dystopian, very Mm -hmm. creepy. And at that point, I felt like this is not about this so-called Omicron virus. This is about control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, like if you just look at the policy itself, and again, I'm using real layman's terms here to describe in short, what the policy is, but it's this zero COVID policy where they're trying to stamp out and isolate it completely. I don't know how that's possible when it mutates. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's number one. It, it, it mutates. So how is that possible? Um, with that being said, I'm trying to remember when I was there, and I remember the lockdown when they started. And they were soft lockdowns, too. The hard lockdowns were, like in Shanghai, were in Pudong. They were in the Pudong district, you know, out way past the Disneyland and the ports. You know, uh, that's the Pudong side of Huangpu River. That's the east side of Shanghai. And on the west side of Shanghai is Pushi. And you have all these different districts, like, Chinese and Qibao and Puto and Yangming and uh, Huangpu and Jing'an. And for those districts to be locked down, each of those districts have like 1.5 million people in these small little districts. It's crazy. And I don't understand how it's possible, but they're doing it. Um, and where are the numbers coming from? If y'all were locked down in 2020, y'all said the numbers had abated. Where these numbers coming from, if you're strictly probing people coming into the country, putting them in hotels for three weeks, testing and testing them, and they're coming out, that means that it's still circulating and mutating among the population. That means it's not going anywhere. I don't understand. I do agree. I think there's a control mechanism here. Exactly. And I think that's what it boils down to, is the fact that um, people are tired and Eventually, to me, there's more people in China, right, than the government. So are these people eventually going to fight back or are they just going to, you know, be stuck in their homes? Because I've seen videos where even some of the food delivery drivers 
if they test positive for COVID, they're automatically being sent back, even though they have food in their truck that can be unloaded to help the people. So this is very frightening that it's gotten to this point. And it's like, is it going to eventually trickle off to the rest of the world? Are we going to go back under lockdown again, even more severe? Because they're saying that that version of COVID is a lot worse than the one in 2020. So today's show sponsor is HelloFresh. And as you guys know, this is America's number one meal kit. You get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep, and it makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Pick from 50 different weekly options. You can also change your delivery date or update your preferences all from the HelloFresh app. HelloFresh has fit, wholesome recipes and nutritious meals that you can feel good about, like low-calorie and carb options. One of the things that I particularly enjoy about HelloFresh is their new Hello Customs option. By using the Hello Customs option, you can now customize your favorite dishes. It lets you swap out one protein or one side for another. By upgrading to this option, it gives you a more luxe experience. So by doing this, you're basically tailoring and customizing meals to your specific specifications. So if you want to try Hello Customs, all you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com forward slash SipSlow16. Make sure to use the code SipSlow16 to get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So don't forget to go to HelloFresh.com slash SipSlow16 because after all, it's America's number one meal kit. So make sure you guys check them out. Well, I just came back from Europe and the answer is no. (laughs) I was bopping around in, in certain places in Europe and they don't have masks on. The masks are gone, honey. Um, I was like, okay, you know, and then I'm putting on my mask. Now, they make you use, they make you still wear your mask on the plane. You know what I'm saying? So, if, you, if you're doing your little easy jet <laughs> to London or something, you still rocking your mask, but like as far as the transportation places I've been, no. I don't think it's spreading, but I think in Eastern Europe, especially because of the whole situation with Ukraine, you know, if you want to tie Russia in and really talk about how two policies from two, you know, dominant players in the global game are trying to push narratives that to me doesn't make sense. Like, I just don't understand. Zero COVID is almost impossible because it continues to mutate. So really, what's the deal? Are you, but to me, honestly, if you want me to be honest, mm-hmm. the Chinese are very reactionary. Um, so, what I mean is that something they're very kind of like if you ever played the game, and I hate to use this phrase, but if you ever played the game Hungry, Hungry Hippos, <laughs> you know, had a little game, you the little marbles in the middle of the game, and then the little hippo just claps at it. That's how reactionary the Chinese are with their policies. Marvel being some type of, of stimuli into their environment that disturbs their social order. That's what the marble is. Their playing field is their social order. And the CCP are in their policies of the hippos. And I hate to use that as an analogy, but that's just a visual. They're very reactionary. So for me, you know, as a person who pays attention, why all of a sudden are you implementing this policy? They had did this only six weeks prior in Hong Kong, if anybody was paying attention. 
People mentioned it, but nobody really said anything. And then all of a sudden, it's in Shanghai. I remember that. I was like, hmm, okay, let's see what happens. And then all of a sudden, let's, if you parallel it to what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, like there's, there's other stimuli that are making policies like this in China stick. There's more than meets the eyes, they like to say. So I do, again, feel bad for the people. If they're very reactionary. If you have a, a test of COVID, you're out. There's nothing else to discuss. They don't, no, 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 no. There's, no, there's nothing. They can't think past that. It just doesn't make sense because I've seen videos where they're also taking children away. So oh. let's say the parents are testing negative, but their child, you know, somehow caught COVID. And it happens all the time where family members will be living in the same household and one has COVID, the rest don't. They are forcibly taking their kids and putting them in like mm-hmm. these, I don't know, I don't want to call them isolation camps, but like these COVID camps. And they mm-hmm. have no contact with the parents. And some of these kids are young, like, you know, one and two. You know, so some of the parents have tried to fight back. But if they do, they'll get in trouble. They'll go get thrown in jail. But it's like, how do you take somebody's child out of the household? How is that stopping the spread of COVID? If they're already locked in the household, then it's only affecting that family. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They're not allowed outside. You know, and I, and I can tell you my first person experience having lived there for more than a decade. Them people do not play about their kids. Right. That's number one. Number two, they don't play about their money. I don't know which come first. I think it's their money. But the kids are attached to it because the kids are going to take care of them in their old age. You know, catch that. You know, but their property is right behind that. And when you are assaulting all of the quality of life, you know, I know people, netizens, as they call them, who were doing well and are decimated now. And their pride won't even let them really pick up the phone like they used to. This is just my one-on-one personal experience because it's gotten so bad. This circular economy policy and this zero COVID policy has decimated People are leaving in droves. And now you leave these people with the opportunity to not make money with the foreigners because they're leaving, especially in cities like Hangzhou and Shanghai. And now you're making them be locked down. And now you're taking their kids. This hospital that they were talking about in your thing mm-hmm. is in an area called Jinshan. It's in this area, Jinshan district. That's all the way by the sea in the southern part. It's near another district called Fengshan. Looking up on the map, if you're in the center of Shanghai city and you all the way in a whole, that's like on a whole nother province. You taking their kids? This is not going to end well. No. No, I just don't see it ending well. They're too prideful. People, Shanghainese don't play. I'm they a whole nother breed. People in the rest of the country don't like Shanghainese because they powerful. They don't play about their money. I don't see this in the world. I mean, there's over 25 million people in China. And if they all stood together, they could probably topple the regime in three days. But, you know, again, people have been <laughs> complacent. Mm-hmm. You know, they've allowed the governments to literally, these leaders think that they're gods at this point. You know, because a true leader understands 
humanitarian needs, how, you know, the, the needs of their people, how they feel. Um, and the fact that these people are so prideful to just whatever they think at a whim is just what goes. You know, so at this point in time, will there be some type of revolt in China? Because how long can you keep these people locked down? People are literally screaming, you know, every night that they are starving. And what I find really interesting, if you remember a few months ago, it was being announced in China that people need to start conserving and, you know, stacking up food. Remember, they came, they had an announcement a few months ago. They were even... Uh, Let's go back further. Yeah, they were, they were even bad about the mukbangs, too, saying it was wasteful. Remember so a few years ago? Yeah, yeah I, thought, mm-hmm. I wonder if this was some type of precedence to let people know what was coming down the pipeline. I agree. You got it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's funny that you hit on that point. And I'm agreeing with you because remember um, this is right after the mukbang. So this was in, in kind of parallel tandem with the, the lockdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So remember the policies. And I even think you did something on it. If I'm if my memory serves me correct, where you actually talked about the policies that they were talking about, remember how much food you can purchase in a restaurant. They were limiting how many people. Yes. Remember that? I swear you did something on that. I did. Okay. So my mind does serve me correct. So, and I, you know, I'm like, yeah, like, okay, here we go. Because remember there was the avian flu, the African swine flu, no names, swine flu, right? Remember the shrimp had got hit, (laughs) you know, um, Remember, they were culling all those chickens and stuff like that. Then the locusts, don't forget the locusts. We eat, you know what I'm saying? We're eating all the grain. So now, this, remember, stuff coming down the pipeline, and now it's hitting home. And inflation's hitting. It's a lot at one time. So I think that the situation with this lockdown has more use than what we're really seeing on the facade or on the face. If I, I can put it into words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there was somebody who had left a comment on one of the comments, and I thought it was very interesting. And they said, I'm a student who lives in Shanghai, and the lockdown policies are real. We're not allowed to step one foot outside the house 24-7 for weeks with no food deliveries unless you organize group purchases with your community's neighborhoods and buy directly from suppliers. If you don't speak Chinese or are old enough to not be able to use apps like WeChat to find food, you might as well starve. We get tested every day. They literally come to your house and ask you to go out for group testings. If you're positive, you are taken away by force to quarantine centers with thousands of others to stay for weeks with no privacy, no showers, etc. Kids and infants have been separated from their parents. If they test positive only recently, they allow the parents to accompany them in quarantine, but it also comes with conditions, such as the parent also needs to be positive. Some infected people's pets have been killed because they believe that they are spreading the virus. People mm-hmm. with late-stage cancer treatments and other diseases have no access to their medical care or limited access. It is purely dystopian over here. That's coming from the words of somebody living right here. And, 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 and believe every last word that person said. And I'm going to tell you because 
I experienced it. I got a taste of it. But these lockdowns are nothing like what happened in 2020. That's why I said in the outset, you know, whoever made it past 2020, who's still there. I salute y'all because it's a whole different bag now. It's, it's completely dystopian lockdown. It was already a different type of edge. Things have been changing in China for a while. And I'm going to say that it really began, you know, if people want to peg it to things, the Trump election. When they realized that the United States was dysfunctional, it gave a lot of world leaders a license to act a fool. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, that's a very watered down version of uh, my one interpretation. But, you know, fast forward to right now, you have an opportunity for a leader to, yes, this is his country, to do what he wants, you know, and his political bureau sees fit. Fine. I have to respect that, you know. However, don't we notice that ain't no, do you notice ain't nobody really saying anything about it? Mm -mm. Like, do you notice that? Everybody's talking about Zelensky, Zelensky, the, the, you know, in Russia, you know, and, you know, what, what, why are we even saying, why are, where's the condemnation in this? Well, it's like every nation is so scared of China. You know, they're, they're scared to call them out. They're scared to say anything. The only thing I've seen that America has done is basically tell all the Americans who are in China to get out now. If you're living in Shanghai, you need to have left a week ago. That's the only thing I've seen. But I yeah, I haven't seen condemnation, like you said, like they're doing for the Ukrainian war and other things. I think all of this stuff is should be condemned. You know, these are innocent people, not only in Ukraine dying, you know, the Russian citizens are also being affected, you know, to a war that they didn't ask for. And then now you have people in China going through it under the guise of COVID. You know, and again, we're not saying that COVID is not real and people aren't getting sick and people aren't dying. But these measures to me are sickening, especially, you know, if people were not told far enough in advance or, OK, fine, maybe you were told in advance to start preparing and getting groceries. But if these people don't have enough money or only had enough money to buy a certain amount of groceries, once you keep somebody confined in their home for upwards of three weeks, you're going to eventually run out of food. And so if you can come to their home to do daily testing, why are they not coming to the home with bags of groceries for these people as well? It's Let like me, they're not even treating them like human beings. I'm just, I'm closing my eyes and I'm imagining myself in my apartment in Jing'an. Uh, and that's in the heart of Shanghai City. It is the center district. And I live not far from a street called Nanjing Road. And I cannot imagine being in my little Shikamen, which is basically a squared block unit of dwellings that looks like a labyrinth. They have six different entrances and exits. And I can't imagine being in my apartment not being able to leave, not being able to order the Meituan or any of these places to get food, just like the person said, if you're not ordering with Gucci, you out of luck. And if you're a foreigner, they isolate you out. If you're in the right neighborhood, they don't like you. You isolated. Like, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. That's why the United States said in um, the communicate with the State Department they went ahead and just bypassed the uh, COVID testing rule. 
to get out of China because it was finding it so difficult for people to get to go to testing centers to get out because everything's under lockdown. And I remember they wasn't letting people in hospitals in 2020. So if they wasn't letting just regular foreigners in hospitals like that in 2020, and now they ain't letting nobody in hospitals, how are you going to get a COVID test to get out of the country? Mm. So it's, it's so I, I'm just imagining trying to go to these places that I that I actually walked through to get out of the country. I can't even imagine. And I know some people who live in that. Shanghai. You'd be yeah. one of the people who'd be under this forced mandatory lockdown. Yes, I would still. I would be in lockdown in Jingan District. I would probably have food in my house enough to, you know, I would have been smart and stocked up for more than a month. I would have been smart to do that. But some people didn't. Some people thought that, I, I know from firsthand, some people thought this was just going to be a few days. Mm-hmm. I know people firsthand who thought that. So you know people that are currently living there right now. Have they said anything? Have they given you updates? They're still I'm going to just say this. Mm-hmm. People, the way people talk, the people talk kind of a certain type of way mm-hmm. because certain things just, you know, they don't need no smoke. And I get that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I just, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And yeah, because you know, everything's packed there. So you can't really say what you want to say. <laughs> true. So, yeah. So we ain't passed. And in the beginning, in the beginning, people were passing videos and photos and clips. Girl, please. That stopped. I knew what time it was. I, I knew. And I wasn't asking for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to get nobody in trouble. Right. Nope. Nope. That's so sad. So now I believe, too, though, that another effect of this situation is it's going to affect the global supply chain that's already strapped, that's already been affected since 2020, because Shanghai, again, this is one of the third most populous countries in the world, and they build a lot of products for everywhere in the world, Europe, America, you know, everywhere. So... A lot of things, again, are going to be back ordered or not being made because everything is currently shut down. And like I always say, I know it sounds cliche, but like I always say, whatever happens in one corner of the earth and one person's country is going to eventually affect us all. So Mm -hmm. even though we're free, quote unquote, here and we're not under lockdown right now. Um, a lot of those supplies that we're used to getting from China, everything from food to clothing to, you know, cars and microchips, it's going to be, it's all halted right now. Uh, yeah. And I can tell you that the ports along the east part of Shanghai going through Hangzhou Bay mm-hmm. are manned by people who live in Pudong. Okay. Mm. They are in lockdown. They can't get to the ports. I actually saw um, a screenshot uh, of all of the freighters that are just hanging out in Hangzhou Bay, all in the East China Sea. And it looks like there are hundreds of freighters just chilling, waiting to get into Hangzhou, into uh, Shanghai and the ports. You know what I'm saying? And, And Jiaxing, which is over to the, the province to the to the left, they're having the same issues. If you go into Ningbo, they're having the same issues. It's not a good situation. And all of the stuff from the east part of China 
like your purses and your belts and your a lot of the hair wigs and you know the toys and stuff that you have for Fourth of July and Christmas come out of these port cities, and now the stuff is not going to make it to you. And then when it do come to you, it's going to be ten times more expensive. So watch that. You know they doing this on purpose. This is all being done on purpose. So I, but I don't, I just don't see the end game in this policy, to be honest with you. And I still feel bad for the people. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really frightening, you know, where everything has gotten at this point in time. Because it's almost like, you know, what is next? Just when we thought, okay, we're getting over this whole COVID situation. Things are starting to look up. But now, even in America, the gas prices, I mean, it cost me 80 bucks the other day to fill up my Lexus. And usually it's about 50. You know, the gas prices are crazy. Um, one of the highest gas prices where it's affecting a lot of people here in the States is in Alabama. They have some of the mm-hmm. highest gas prices and the lowest income in that state. So it's affecting yeah. a lot of people in Alabama, you know, as well as the rest of the country. But they're more <laughs> impacted um, than any other state. On top of that, you have the whole, you know, housing crisis, um, the cost of housing, the cost of rent, people getting put out because now they can't afford the rent because rent has jumped up by, in some places, upwards of 60% what they're used to paying, especially places like Florida, Texas, Georgia, and Arizona, because so many people mass migrated from New York and Cali. So the rates of these Southern, you know, usually the South is the cheapest place to live. It's caused Mm -hmm. the rates to raise. So now an apartment in Florida in just a regular neighborhood, not nowhere ritzy is just as much as an apartment in New York or Cali. Yeah. And we saw that coming, you know, I, you know, I feel like this is another conversation we had a few years ago, at least in my head, like, sitting back seeing people you know going remote which is great and then leaving new york because why be in new york right mm-hmm. and then leave new york and then go down to florida i don't know if they was following trump or what <laughs> you know what they in florida honey that's that they whole economy made it raise up you know a lot of people who've been living in their same apartment yeah. for years are now you know if you're used to paying eight hundred dollars a month nine hundred dollars a month for one bedroom and now because of everybody flooding down there and people are willing to pay more, these landlords, I mean, I'm not going to say that they're getting greedy because some people who chose not to pay rent in 2020, so that caused a lot of landlords to get behind them, right? But now to go from where your rent is $900 to $2,500 is insane. Rent is now more expensive than most people's mortgages. And that's the thing. Like, I was having a conversation with this lady about, you know, apartments. And I was just like, I just refuse to pay. I just, I'm like, maybe I'm just going to have to settle, but I just refuse. And then I'm like, but at the same time, I understand because landlords lost out for two years. And that's the way capitalism, people want to call this late capitalism. (laughs) That's another conversation. (laughs) Um, But capitalism, nonetheless, like, it, that pendulum has to swing back. For two years, a lot of landlords did not get their money. That's just the way that it works. Just like, for example, the, the transportation industry, the food and beverage industry, F&B. Like right now, if y'all go look online and look at airline tickets and travel places, the ticket prices have been doubled. 
the the the, the hotel prices are doubled. Like stuff is expensive now. Like for real, for real. And these are industries who really was you know hanging on for dear life for the last few years. So you kind of understand that's the way the pendulum swings. But the gas prices, like you said, and then yeah, you paying twenty three hundred dollars for a one bedroom rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the prices, you know, it's just everywhere. Everybody's being affected, you know. And then the jobs are saying that you know people don't want to work. Nobody's coming into work. But I don't even think it's that people cannot afford to work now for fifteen dollars a month. I mean, excuse me, fifteen dollars um, an hour when mm-hmm. the rent is now twenty five hundred dollars a month. So you got to raise the 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 minimum wage you got to raise more you got to pay people more money because you can't raise rent you can't raise you know the cost of living the cost of groceries even now you can easily spend a hundred dollars at the grocery store and literally walk out with just two bags Girl. if you spent a hundred dollars you're going to walk out with at least four to six bags it's tragic it's, it's, it's insane but yet and still people's jobs they're not willing to pay over 15 20 you know 30 bucks an hour but that's what they're going to have to start paying people in order for folks to keep up unless everybody just maybe does the whole we talking about this on discord maybe the communal living where you know two sets of families or family members like let's say a whole house full of cousins or you know mom dad grandma the kids all move together and then split the bills because it's getting really bad for some families. Well, what's old is new again. You know what I'm saying? These concepts have happened before when people have had to buckle down yes. after economic, you know, disasters. I mean, we can talk about, you know, in different parts of the world in the 90s with the collapse in Latin America at a economic crisis and people clinging together. That's why people make fun of, like, for example, people from Latin America, you know, example, maybe the IE. Mexicans, even in the North American, um, coming into places and they family buy a building and everybody live in the building. People used to make fun of them, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Th- that's what's, what time is going to be again. You know, we, we, and then it kind of really forces the whole nuclear family unit to readjust itself again. You know, that, that's a whole nother conversation as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's again, global reset. What are we resetting? You know, like, are we trying to readjust how social dynamics work? I do believe that's exactly what's happening. To what degree, that's another conversation. But it's making people now have to shack up again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, people, you know, getting roommates, shacking up with people. Like, because if you got a one or two bedroom and you're paying twenty three to $3,200 a month, you can do fifteen. Sharing it with somebody, but you can't be 32 by yourself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's how the math is working now. Um, I wonder how that's going to change social dynamics because people are going to have to start doing that again. You're right. Yeah, that's what we have to. Yeah. It's going to so be you know, because it's definitely a situation where, you know, things have affected the entire world globally and it started with COVID and we just haven't been able to get back right. You know, even like the airline prices are ridiculous. You know, I was looking at plane tickets the other day. I don't care what city you're flying to. You could be flying to, you know, somewhere in the Midwest, Cali, down south. Them plane tickets are starting at $500 and up for round trip. And that's not including your Airbnb, 
the prices of that have gone up, hotels. So everything is going up. And eventually, you know, people are going to have to pick. Do we go on vacation this year? Do we not go on vacation? Because everything is just so expensive. Girl, I'm telling you, I I, I bought a round trip ticket. Mm-hmm. I, I bought one. It was 550 bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chicago to a European city. I ended up looking at that same ticket again. It doubled. I was like, what? Nope. <laughs> Do I want to pay for Wait, it New York from what? Yes. New York from who? You know, LAX from what? Houston from who? Don't even decide to try to fly out of Miami or Charlotte. God forbid you try to fly out of Atlanta and have to connect somewhere else. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was planning to go to like this event um, in, in Memphis. And so I had looked at some tickets. This was like in early March. And the tickets round trip at that time were like maybe three something. But, you know, you're kind of waiting on friends. Like, do y'all want to get a ticket? Do you not want to get a ticket? Are we still going to go? Then we went to go check when everybody found this out they want to go. Them round, plane, them round trip plane tickets were 550 bucks a pop. It was like, okay, ain't no beaches in Memphis like this. So if I'm paying 550 I want to go walk on somebody's white sand beach. You know what I'm saying? Take me to Miami. Take me to Cali. Take me to Texas. I don't want to pay 550 to just sit in Memphis. to send in Memphis when it used to be again you could take that same 550 round trip and go somewhere else for real for real why am I gonna spend that money just to go to an American city like that doesn't make sense to me that is disturbing and the Airbnbs like you said like just look at the prices of Airbnbs compared to like your regular booking site I call myself trying to use my credit card you know, to try to find bookings to get my little, you know, discount because of my memberships and stuff. Huh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Because it's still expensive. Um, it's just, it, you know, they're triplet. You know, it's like in four times as much. What? So, you know, again, you know, we, we were talking about with the landlords <clears throat> and charging, like you understand it's a correction. I get it. But do we have to gouge us? I mean, is it going to taper back down? If it's going to taper back down, okay, fine. Fine. But if this is continuous, I, this is not going to be sustainable. I just don't see how it's going to work out. I just yeah. Don't. I believe by by late next year, around this time in 2023, we'll be heading towards some type of recession. It may not be super bad like you know, the 2008, but I think we're going to be getting hit with the, with some type of recession coming up because between this, the interest rates, I mean, the housing interest rates have jumped sky high, you know, from in 2021, when you could get housing as low as 2.8%. Now it's like 4.8, it's going back to the fives, you know, and that's part of that is because there's not enough housing now and mm-hmm. people are willing to pay more for housing because it just doesn't make sense. Why keep renting an apartment, you know, for three grand, four grand a month? You might as well just go ahead and pay a higher interest rate on a home. But the problem is now the homes are more scarce. You know, it's still mm-hmm. a seller's market. So I think we are going to head towards some type of recession. And this is why people need to be smart. 
with your money, you know, whatever you get, put something away, not all of it, you know, still go shop, do vacations, you know, live your life, of course. But even if you take 10%, 20% of your money and you just put it in your savings account and don't touch it, put it in a CD, don't touch it, you know, because you just never know what's going to happen in this world with this economy, with just all the things coming down the pipeline. You want to have some type of nest egg. Yeah, I mean, the Fed has been really trying to prop things up by keeping interest rates low. And it's really a falsity. You know, if they really, really go, it's going to just absolutely balloon. Um, and you're right. You, you got to put some stuff to the side and you got to diversify. And I think, unfortunately, really at the end of the day, it's really a correction. We are still, we're still dealing with a pandemic. Mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about that anymore I get it but you know if you go to certain places people are done and they're over with it they don't want to even they just they're done okay and I, I respectfully understand people want to go on with their life but I think it's false for us to just relax ourselves and try to get back to what we think is normal and creating a false environment and not preparing for what's coming I agree with you totally on that. Exactly. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining me today, Lady J. This has been a really good conversation. You know, I just wanted the tea sippers to be aware if they weren't of what was going on in Shanghai and in China. And, you know, just understand that a lot of times when things happen overseas, somehow it ends up trickling over here to the U.S. It always does. And our world is too globalized. We're all connected, and I think that people have, especially us Americans, we got to understand that. We all connected, and so we got to pay attention to what's going on. So thank you for, you know, having these type of conversations because, you know, we should have them. I appreciate you bringing me on. Exactly. Well, no, you're more than welcome. So on that note, T-Sippers, we are out. Thank you guys for taking time out to listen to the podcast, and we'll talk to you again next time. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.